When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody. Hey, now. And welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, the WNBA season is packed away. Congrats again to the back-to-back champs, the yeah. Las Vegas Aces. God, they yeah. just did it. And, I, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, got a little afterglow about the whole thing. What a fun parade they had and all that. But time to flip the page to College Hoops, which is right around the corner. And fans from the WNBA go right into mm-hmm. the college basketball season. And then at the end of the college season, you go right into the WNBA. I love the meshing of the ocean of the WNBA and college ranks. But what are you most excited about? Coming up in college scene. Uh, I, I, that's 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 a whole that's a whole podcast, Christy. That we is have to get, we we have to we have to lock in on the Big Ten. Lock it in. Let's go. And and yeah. even then, if I was to discuss what was I was most excited for for just the Big Ten, yeah, it might take the whole podcast. It, it's just gonna be a great season. Like you know, it got cold last week. It was it was nice. It was like, ooh, I'm wearing my basketball hoodies, my sweatpants. Yeah. I was like, ooh, it's it's the season. It got warm again, but you know, we'll get there. It'll, it'll eventually be cold. Uh, but man, I'm, I don't know. I, I, there is so much to be excited for in this college basketball season. I mean, I think last season we saw, you know, women's basketball reach another level in, in, in terms of college and that, and we were there for the final four. And I was, I was just looking back at that game. I was, I was looking at pictures of Caitlin against South Carolina and then LSU versus South Carolina, uh, Iowa. And I was, it was just like, it all came back, you know, mm-hmm. it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me, us now, right? Yeah. So 
I'm I'm pumped. I I think if I had to say one thing, I'm most excited for. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited for the Paris game. That's like next I know, week. I can't wait. Too bad we can't go. It's fine. But you know, we're gonna get there eventually. You yeah. know, South, South Carolina. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna line that up. You know, my uh, couple months. By, by the way, I, I should mention this. Okay. I just want to give a shout out to my cousin. I don't think he's listening to this podcast. He's, oh, he's well, busy. Send it to but. Him. I want to give a shout out to my cousin, Saeed Morasavi. He is the head coach of the U.S. women's national flag football team. Hello. And congratulations to them. They are going to be in the Olympics in 2028. 2028. Uh, yes, not the next one, which is right, That's the plug then. We're going to go, we're going to hit up your cousin to go to Paris and watch flag football. I, I had I go to the gym and watch USA basketball. When, when he told me this could be in the Olympics a, few, a couple years ago, I was like, which one? <laughs> I but he exactly, so he's a, he's a great coach uh he, he uh I, I watched this i watched the women's national team play in the summer and okay. they are awesome wow they are awesome and they played some good teams like mexico has a very good team and they okay. wiped the floor with them so i am very excited <laughs> to see our women's national flag football team and the men's too yeah uh, in the olympics <laughs> somehow i always got tackled in flag football that's why i stopped playing i was like there's a flag on me like pull that like why am i on the ground in the grass like grass stains and all that like we don't have time that's why i like basketball better because that's stuff is not my jam so mm -mm. yeah I, you know also you gotta wear a helmet in, in football and i'm not it's like for tackle football i'm not about it yeah i needed one for flag and i didn't have one which is why i stopped playing but what are you most excited for christy in the college basketball season sorry to take us off off track into the uh, no. flag football no, I had a, a little reminiscing that I did with it. But anyway, um, hey, I, I'm excited for all of it, too. But I'm excited just overall, the huge landscape of women's basketball, obviously drawing in close to 10 million. What was it? 9.9 .9 and some change million viewers uh, and then sold out arenas down in Dallas where we were. Um, mm -hmm. Cheryl Miller was there. You know, it's just all of the goods you do, all the good magic moments uh that that give you chills or just me maybe it's just me that gets the the no, goosebumps on the back of the neck and on the arms that I, I don't know maybe no one else gets that but me but it, it was just um something to build on so i'm looking for the build like you said as well um and the following from the WNBA fans just dumping and pouring right back into uh, the next wave of WNBA stars and you know, just to give them that support on the collegiate level, I think is major. But I'm also looking to see what LSU looks like on paper. I mean, it's scary hours, and I know Halloween is coming up, but it's scary hours on paper when you look at LSU's roster, okay? Um, and the fact that they won it last year um, with a lot of transfers, and that's going to be another overriding wow. uh, theme for a lot of conferences, a lot of teams who have either lost a lot of players to the transfer portal or conversely have picked up players out of the portal and will change their dynamics uh, as a roster and maybe their philosophy on how they play because of who they picked up so or lost okay yeah. they have to change also but uh for me it's going to be really exciting to to see uh, the carryover and you know if the teams on paper rise to the occasion on mm -hmm. the court in between oh, yeah. the lines that's what i want to see well, and you, and you mentioned LSU, and, and right at the middle of all of that was Iowa as well. And, and yeah. that was, yeah. I mean, it was special. It, it was truly special to be at that Final Four. I think we we kind of witnessed something that's going to be in our memory for a long time as a collective, yeah. um, not just for the people who are there. And I think, 
you know, I, I think we should start at Iowa for okay. a bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Caitlin Clark, obviously. <laughs> but we saved this from last week. And we didn't really talk about your experience uh, calling a women's college basketball game in a football stadium in front of 60,000, 55,000? Uh, 55,646. I don't know if I was counted in that number. So 647. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, a tremendously amazing, historical, groundbreaking, I don't know, all the other adjectives that you can use uh, for amazing. Uh, just plug them in at your leisure. Because uh, another moment where you know, the, the goosebumps were going crazy uh, on me uh, throughout the day. I mean, walking into the empty stadium, but mm-hmm. knowing it was going to be packed in a couple hours after. And, you know, I always try to capture videos because I try to stay in the moment, but I also want to relive moments. So I, I over video, I overtake pictures because, you know, I know these moments are fleeting and I try to savor them all. So I try to capture them all. So I walked in and it was empty. And I mean, can you imagine that? An empty football stadium. And then there's the basketball court, legal size, 94 feet. And it's like this, it looks like the court is this big, you know, because of how enormous that that stadium was. But I mean, it was rocking and rolling and I couldn't stop looking at the little kids who were there, man. And just imagining me at, at eight, nine, 10 years old, being able to see the respectability given mm-hmm to women in sports and Nebraska had just done it, you yes. know, a month ago for volleyball at 92 or at that uh, stadium and they played outside. So I'm, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, the whole moniker of if you build it, they will come. I mean, that stands true when you see the amount of support and the amount of respect. And that was the word I used over and over again mm-hmm. uh, in Iowa city for that game. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's heartwarming to know that the game is moving in the right way, right? And the game is being built on brick by brick every mm-hmm. single day. And it's just, um, it's just, it was just an amazing moment. And I know I said that already as my word, but I, I can't think of a stronger one. Yeah. Uh, and I loved um, being in there. I loved uh, the honor of sitting there uh, in that moment, knowing that that was the first, but not the last uh, of those kinds of situations. So it was, it was beautiful, simply. Well, I I, I want to get your uh, I want to see if you agree with this. I, you know, you said if they build it, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. To me, I think yeah. in women's basketball and women's sports more generally, but especially in women's college basketball, it's built. It is built. We're built. We're here. Like it. We yeah. don't. You know, I, we don't have to concern yeah. ourselves. I think as a as a community here with the mm-hmm. respect. If you don't if you don't respect women's basketball, it's always been true. That's your problem, and yeah. I think you know, the entire country is kind of feeling that too. I mean, like, you know, my, my mom had opinions on last year's (laughs) national championship game. And it wasn't just because I was there, you know, she she didn't have one on the year before. Um, And so, you know, she, she was into it. And it just, I think it's like, it just really clicked uh, recently for, for a lot of people who were not into it or disrespected it, or just like, didn't want to, didn't want to accept it. Yes. I think now it's kind of just, you know, you, even for even on if you have a negative opinion about the WNBA, which again, you're, that's your problem still. But okay. regardless, I think on them, yeah. even okay. those people that had to have those opinions mm-hmm. that I've heard, mm-hmm. still say college is like they they have that full and complete 
um, sort of respect for it. And I, yeah. I think it's wonderful. And, you know, I think we're going to see that come in the ratings yes. and the NIL deals yes. and the attention these teams get and, mm-hmm. and all of those great things that come with it. But it all starts on the basketball court. And, and I think be, the reason why this is happening is because talent is just out of control. This is the most talented basketball in general yeah. and women's basketball has been ever, ever. I think it's fair to say ever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, the, the balance and the parity mm-hmm. um, that you see across the board in, in the women's game. I mean, you can go to the WNBA and say that as well. I yes. Mean, it's yes. just a, a, just a bevy of, of talent uh, throughout both the WNBA and the NCAA. So I think that's why, you know, you, you see the light at the end of the tunnel if you're a collegiate mm-hmm. player. I mean, whether that's playing overseas or playing in the WNBA, there's an actual incentive, like yeah. actual, like tangible situation or, that you could get to yeah. if you or work NIL. your butt off. Or NIL. You work your butt off every day. And I think that's what we've seen also is just, you know, obviously you're you're passionate about the game. Obviously we're passionate about the game. We yeah. love the game, um, which is why we're staying as close as we can to it, right? Um, yes. So, I mean, that's a given. That's a common denominator for everyone. Everyone loves it. But how much do you love it? to stay committed to it, to be uh, mm-hmm. driven by your character while things aren't going your way, how do you come back from that? And I think that's the true test of character is, is when things aren't going your way, when things are a struggle, when you are outside of your comfort zone, when you do have to earn it and not be handed anything um, and you want it that way. But I think it teaches you so much about yourself and it teaches you how much do you love something and how much do you, um, want to be connected on a daily basis right mm-hmm. to it and i i know everyone's human and you need breaks i get it but at the same time man i don't know i i don't need too many breaks from basketball because i just ah, like in between seasons like i'm just like hey, can i get the gym you know i'm like i just want to watch basketball i don't care who's playing i need to look at it i need to watch it um i'm glad the nba is back right now and college basketball is like turning the hard left with the screeching wheels right into that season. I'm, I'm ready for it. Cause right. I, I love it. And I'm invested in that love, you know, and people say it's, it's what I do. It's not who I am. I don't know if I can actually say that because I think it is who I am. I think it is. It's what I do. Uh, you know, talk about it now, but it's, it's what I do, but it, it forms who you are. It really does. So you can't, I don't think you could separate that. And I think I've said that before. Yeah. You can't you can't separate whether it's what you do and who you are because you become who you are through the game in whatever capacity you're, you're connected to it. So um, it is who I am. And I love it. And I'm not apologizing for that. Co- Coach Scott, that was a little, we got a little Coach Scott there. Coach Scott is bringing it, bringing it out, bringing it out of retirement. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, like, if you're around basketball, it's just such yeah. a, it's, it's very easy to have it imbued in your character. And, and Leo, we've yeah. always said this, it, it, it is part of, it is, you play the game the way you act, you are in life. And then I think you are in life the way you play the game. Yes. That's, a, that's the way it goes. Let's let's get into the actual basketball um, and, and talk about what's going to happen in this conference this year. Yeah. Uh, last year, plenty of surprises, mm-hmm. but we still had, you know, the teams that we thought were the best 
make it far, do really well, get one seeds, um, you know, had some upsets in the, in the tournament, but still really great year in the Big Ten. Yeah. But maybe one of the best years ever in the Big Ten. How many play, How many teams did they have in the top ten at one point? I remember we had the stat. It was like four teams in the top ten. It was four, and yeah. three teams for the first time ever made it to the Elite Eight. Yes, yes. So three of the eight teams were from the Big Ten, so, yeah. And, and one of them didn't make it because, I mean, Indiana – they lost to Miami, which you know, obviously Miami is great. But yeah, you know, in that in that game, Mackenzie Holmes was hurt. Uh, so she it's was. so that's like a that changes the complexion of the game completely. But Indiana was right there, so yeah. Yeah, I think it could have been really close to having half the Elite Eight be from the Big Ten easily. And I think let's let's start with those teams that you know yeah. we we that made the Elite Eight. Let's start with the favorites. Uh, let's. I think there's four teams here. Let me know if you disagree that really stand out above the rest. I would put Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, and Ohio state, same four teams that finished at the top last year, back at the top this year. And I think, you know, we met, we were talking about before the podcast, your theme (laughs) of bringing everyone back. These teams are bringing a lot back from those teams last year that were so good, good. bringing a lot of players back. There's there's departures and we'll talk about them. But just overall, for these four teams, how important is that experience going to be coming into the season? I mean, that's major, right? You're talking about chemistry. You're talking about not having to reteach. If you're a coach, you don't have to reteach your philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's like you have players who have been through the trenches with you. They understand. So not only do they have the chemistry, but they're also teaching the new players who are in the program. So, uh, And there's nothing like that. I don't care. I don't care what anyone else says. If you haven't coached, you don't feel what that feels like to walk into a gym and not have to reinvent the wheel. Gosh, like how far back do we have to start and meet them where they are and now build back again? No, you've already built all that. I think you have everybody back. You may have a couple little seasonings of a couple of players coming in to your program that are new. But listen, you're starting at, at square 10 instead of square two with your teaching. So chemistry is going to be huge. And, you know, for all the teams you just mentioned, those four teams, it's plug and play when it comes to philosophy and uh, their desired uh, tempo, their defensive schemes. Like that's already built in. Their cultures are built in. You know you're going to see a 2-2-1 press from Ohio State. You know you may see... (laughs) A triangle and two from Iowa. You know you may see a lot of switching at all five spots from Maryland. Like, those are just things that are just the common denominator of who those teams will be, regardless of what their personnel is like, because that's what has brought them success. So, mm-hmm. man, I'm excited. I know Iowa, they bring back three of their five starters. Indiana, four of their starters. Like They lost Grace Berger to uh, the WNBA and – Maryland lost Abby Myers and Diamond Miller to the mm-hmm. league, to the WNBA. So, hey, man. And then Taylor Mikesell um, was drafted as well out of Ohio State. So, I mean, they're missing some big name players, obviously. And, you know, Monica Sinano, yeah. you know, and yeah. Anna Warnock. I mean, that was a lot of 40% of their offense. So we get it. Um, but with people coming right back into the fold, I think chemistry is going to be a huge advantage for those teams um, to stay at the top of the conference. Well, and I, I think, you know, just age, like, you know, we, we forget this because I think a lot yeah. of people view this through the lens of like, you know, the, the professionals, but if you're older, like having a grad student be able to play against freshmen, 
there's just a huge difference in terms of mental maturity, physical maturity, knowledge of the game, understanding of the speed of the game. Like having older players in general, regardless if they've been in your program, I think gives you a sense of comfort of saying, I, I, I can put this person out there trust, and they'll at least do what I, I can know they can do. Yeah. They understand. Whereas, you know, there's a less consistency the further down you go in age. So I think that's huge <laughs> for a lot of these teams. And, you know, I think it's really interesting mixes too. Like I want to get into Maryland's mix yeah. of, of young and old or older, not nice players older in college. Experienced. Um, experienced, experienced players. Uh, because I think it's very, it's going to be interesting how those two groups interact um, yeah. in terms of like how they play on the court together and how, you know, the older experienced players give that experience to the younger players. That's going to be huge for a team like Maryland this year. Yeah. Uh, but just like, yeah, I love it. I love getting people back. Yeah. We know the names. We know the names. We, I know what they're going to do. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I don't know how this person plays. No, <laughs> I know how everyone plays. Right. So I, I'm I'm pumped about it. I think it's going to lead to uh, a tremendous season. I want to start. Let let's. St- well, which team do you want to start with? Because I have an order here, but we could start however you want. Yeah, I mean, we could start with Iowa just because start they were them. named preseason number one this year. Um, Indiana, they won the regular season title last year, but Iowa beat them in the Big Ten tournament. So um, let's just start with Iowa and, sure. and what Lisa Bluter is expecting from her team, um, you know, to be in the stadium and Caitlin Clark comes right back and gets a triple double (laughs) with those 34 points. Uh, I believe she had 10 rebounds and 11 assists. Come on, man. It was insane. Like when they played DePaul, uh, but it's just the ease of the game is something that's, that's so impressive when you're watching Caitlin Clark play. And let, I, I think, uh, obviously we know what Clayton Clark's going to do. We mm-hmm. talked about her saying that this is her last year. Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. she's treating this. Treating it. That's such a <laughs> lawyer. That's a lawyer answer, Caitlin. I know we talked about <laughs> the law firm, the law firm may be temporarily <laughs> separated. Sonano went off to hang her own shingle. She did. Uh, and so Clark is, <laughs> Clark is on her own. She's going to have to come up to make someone else a partner. Maybe Gabby Marshall or Hannah Skolke. Uh, she's going to have to raise someone else's partner. Say no, also, just like in the comments, let me know if you're watching Suits. I've watched, I, I watched Suits in law school and I've come back to it. That shows insane. But so she, so Caitlin very loyally answers saying, I'm treating this as my last year because it, yeah. it doesn't give away what she's going to do. No, but that's, that's massive uh, for the WNBA going forward. But I think this year we know what Caitlin Clark is. She's the best player in college basketball, Crazy. bar none. And that is not disrespect to a single player in this league no. or in this country. Yeah. You can you can look at it. Watch the tape. If you can watch the tape and tell me that there's someone that is much better than her yeah. unequivocally, hey, we can have that debate. But I think when you when yeah. you see her, she is the best player in the country. And and that's why this team made it so far. Mm-hmm. However, Makasama and, and McKenna Warnock, that's no joke losing those two players. That was such a huge part of their identity, their culture, and what they did on the court. Yeah. How do you see them? Uh, you don't replace players like that. No. But you have to. You do have to move on from players like that. So how do you see them moving on from uh, those two? Oh, obviously it's going to be tough because mm-hmm. then you're talking about experience. You know, Sonano came back last year for her fifth year. So, I mean, you could feel that. She got the COVID year back and, you know, made that run to the championship game with the team. So, that's going to be tough to replicate because you have Hannah Stolke, who 
was magnificent, you know, in their yes. first couple of uh, preseason games. She was great last year. She's worked on her free throw percentage, which is, uh, you know, an Achilles heel for her statistically. But I think she shot over 60% from the floor when she was in, but she only played 12, 13 minutes. So now those minutes are going to be extended. So now will that production keep up with the effectiveness and efficiency of her offense? Um, but I also think she brings the, the wear and tear on the defensive end that you need. She crashes a glass on both sides, extra possessions. You need that. So I think Hannah Stolke is up for partner with uh, okay. Caitlin Clark, but she is only a sophomore. She's a baby. So um, the experience piece that may show a couple of times, but I mean, if I'm Lisa Bluter, I don't care. Like I'm throwing her to the wolves. She's ready. She's been working against, you know, player, a player like uh, Monica Sinano all mm -hmm. last year in practice, battling her every single day. And I know what that feels like battling a two-time Olympian every day in college myself. So that, that helped me. I mean, the games were easy. Yeah. I was like, when's the next game? Because practice today <laughs> got my head split. Um, yeah. So I think just her experience playing against Monica last year in practice, I think will, will help Hannah Stolke and, and Gabby Marshall too. I mean, she's coming back for her fifth year and, I don't know, Kate Martin too. I mean, they have experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to balance itself out. Yeah. I think, I think, um, Skulky, I, I, I think that's, that's, you, you really, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of who's the X factor for his team this year. Yeah. Cause she needs to be really good. You know, and I think she, she is, she's extremely talented. We've seen her do great things many times. So it's not like the, t the talents there. It's mm -hmm. a consistency. Um, it's, it's revving up, you know, scaling up your production Yes. And staying on the court. So all those things that you mentioned, I think that's dead on. That is the X factor for them. I think Kate Morton's going to be huge. Uh, as she, you mentioned, she's going to she's gonna have to up her production as well. Uh, mm -hmm. She's going to have to fill a little bit more of what McKenna Warnock did, which is like a lot of stuff. Uh, threes, baby, from the perimeter. Mm -hmm. Threes, rebounding, like all of it. But I think Kate, we've seen Kate do it and same with we Gabby. Have. We have. The question is, who, who's the fifth starter on this team? If we go, if we say it's Caitlin Clark, Gabby Marshall, Kate Martin, Hannah Skolke. We know those four starters. Yeah. I, I have right now Molly Davis. Um, you know, she's the most experienced. And when you look at this team, she's the player who who played the most last year. But yeah. I wonder if that's just going to be something that, you know, changes as the season goes on. Because you're, you're going to be playing. Gabby Marshall and Molly Davis are undersized guards. I don't know how much you want them together. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what... Uh, yeah. what Lisa Bluter is going to do, but they, they do have a question mark there. And, and I think it's, um, it's, it's substantial. It's substantial. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what, when you were saying that, you know, yeah. with Molly Davis, although I love her and her yes. head stays right there, baby. I don't know. Molly, talk to me, honey. I don't know how that stays in there, but, um, but you know, she is, she's a fantastic player off the bench, right? Mm -hmm. Last year played yes. quality minutes for Iowa. Um, really came in and just did her job, starred in her role. All of the all of the uh, cliche things that you say mm -hmm. about players who impact the game when they come in in a positive way. You can say that about Molly Davis easily. But I think when you have um, the lack of size, you know that that Iowa has. You also know that Lisa Bluter comes up with defensive schemes like amazingly. And then the thing about it is they'll practice on the situations and they'll practice on you know the different ways that they can defend. Um, so when they do need to make an adjustment and go from what Lisa Bluter says, player to player, she doesn't say man to man. She says player to player. 
you know, when they break away from that, it's not like it's a brand new thing, right? It's not like, well, I'm just pulling it out of my ear and we're just going to mm. try it, even though that works sometimes. And we've talked about that too. <laughs> but Lisa Bluter, like, she has so many different ways to, uh, you know, to, to make the defense work for who they have, right? Size or not, um, she's going to figure it out. So I, that'll be something to anticipate as well. Um, defensively, everyone looks at what they are doing on the offensive end because they led the country in assists. They led the country in scoring last year. Mm -hmm. um, so everyone's looking at their offensive numbers. And that happened with Golden State years ago when they ripped off all those championships. They're like, oh, my God, their offense is so spread out and there's five out and it's hard to guard. But I'm like, they were the top defensive team in the NBA. So let's make sure that we're looking at both sides of what Iowa does well. Let's look at how their defense carried them to the championship game last year and the different ways that they were able to defend those teams throughout that six-game stretch. So, I mean, the creativity and, and the basketball savant um, crown goes mm. on the head of Lisa Bluger when it comes to being able to manage throughout a game and make the proper adjustments on the defensive end. Yeah, and, and, and hey, look, it, their offense also helps their defense. Caitlin yeah. Clark is is she she terrifies teams. And I think that she showed up in that South Carolina game last year where they took away an offensive rebounding advantage that yeah. South Carolina had because yeah. of their pace, because of their offense, and that really helps the defense. But I think you know if they figure out that fifth starter spot, yeah, this team could be better defensively because I think Hannah Skolke provides a little bit more rim protection. I think she's just she's just a little bit more of a dynamic defender. Uh, yeah. Then Monica Sinano, although Monica uh, was better than I think people give her credit for. Uh, I just think I just think they could be a little bit better defensively if they figure out that fifth starter spot, um, and that's gonna that's gonna be a theme throughout the year. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's just like something that changes over time. But yeah, you, you, I just don't think you can be undersized in this league in particular. The other teams we're about to talk about, I mean, they're huge. The, the Indiana, Maryland, Ohio State are massive. Yeah. They are huge teams. Yeah. And it's like you, you can't have two players there that, that can be taken advantage of unless you have a great defensive system. And Lisa Bluter will come up with one. So hopefully we see that yeah. from, from Iowa. And it's hey, look, if they win the Big Ten this year, I think it might be it's it's gonna be a little bit more impressive than it was last year. Cause they have it now it's new. Okay, right. we had that team that was together for a long time. Right. We have change. Can you keep it going? And I, I think they will. I think they're going to be right up there. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I think is going to win the Big Ten in a little bit. Uh oh. It's, it's not Iowa. We have breaking news. It's not Iowa. Break the news, Gabe. Just say it. Do you want me to go to the team that I think is going to win the Big Ten? Yes. Spill it. O H I O. Oh. Ohio State. Oh, that's some tea. Where's my tea? Where are my tea? <laughs> <laughs> pinky out on that one. Wow. Ohio so, State. Back up the reasoning. Back okay. So, <laughs> so last year, I mean, hey, look, last year was great. Fourth, fourth in the Big Ten, got to the uh, Big Ten championship game, three seed, made it to the Elite Eight, uh, you know, beat UConn, which is, hey, that's awesome when you can beat UConn's mm -hmm. tournament. That's a, that's, a that's a banner that you can't put up. They lose Taylor Mike Sell, right. but they bring back the vast majority of this team. And in place of Taylor Mikesell, they bring in a heck of a transfer and Celeste Taylor from Duke. And you want to talk about one of the best fits of a transfer to a program this year? Legit. 
I she's going to be amazing in this in the press system. She's going to be amazing in this offensive system where she's you know she doesn't have to do everything she did at Duke offensively. No. She can kind of you know she's going to have a more a more favorable matchup most nights. She's going to play a huge role on this team. And then you look at the rest of you know the group and and you know I'm just going to go to JC Sheldon and Cody McMahon because I think those two are going to be all Big Ten. I yeah. think JC is going to go high in the draft uh, yeah. like she would have last year had she come out. Yeah. And has she been uh, healthy all season? So hopefully health is going to be there all season for her. Mm-hmm. And then Cody McMahon to me is my the breakout player. I've been Church That's of good. Cody. You know, <laughs> I, I I pray at the Church of Cody. Uh, I worship <laughs> at the altar of McMahon because I she is like, you know, I there's just players that you love. And she when she drives to the rim, it mm-hmm. is it is both beautiful and brutal in a way that's like, you know, you got to look at like a, a LeBron type or even like Asia, a smaller vert. Is she smaller than Asia Wilson? But like when Asia drives to the rim, it's like there's this beauty and this power yeah. together. And I think yeah. t- Cody McMahon has that. I just think she's going to have, I, I mean, she had a breakout year last year. She, I think she's going to get even better. I think she may, she may be in the player of the year discussion. She may be, ah, if I think about if I, if Ohio State gets to be as good as I think, she mm-hmm. may be in the player of the year discussion because yeah. I, I just think she's going to be amazing. But yeah, so I'm, and their bench is solid. They have so much experience and, you know, Kevin McGuff, that press, that wins you a lot of games in the regular season. And if you get the right matchup in the postseason, yeah, you're cruising. So I, yeah. I really think they're going to be the the power in this conference. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not sure a lot of people are expecting it. I'm not sure a lot. I think everyone's talking about Iowa. Everyone's looking at Indiana. Watch out for Ohio State. That's that's a team that could really, really step, you know, put their foot down this conference. No, agreed. I mean, Kevin McGuff, I mean, he's just done a, a masterful job at uh, organizing his players. I mean, they ripped off 19 straight games last year mm-hmm. during a stretch. They got ranked number two in the country at one point. Um, but then I think fatigue kind of hit them, yeah. to be honest, um, because they were playing the same amount of players, maybe seven, eight players, like massive minutes. And then those games and the travel started to catch up with them towards the, the latter part of the season. And then, and then working in JC at that time too. Without JC. Yeah. And so their, their rotation was, was really tight. Um, but I think when you have uh, players like Cody McMahon, who are just nonstop, I mean, you're talking about an engine, that kid has a motor. And, and I know you mentioned uh, LeBron, you know, Asia Wilson, but let's just throw uh, Alyssa Thomas's name into yes. it as well. Like, come on. And it's like the same, it's like the, the brutal beauty of, of it all, right? They're going to bring all the smoke, climb the chimney, get all of that. And then you're going to just have to take it because you can't get out of their way because they bring all the power game to, to mm-hmm. the floor. But, I mean, it's just nonstop action and you just never look at Cody McMahon and, and she's never standing still. Like, I don't care what side of the floor she's on. She's either sprinting like a locomotive down the floor offensively or to recover on defense or in the quarter court, she is always either setting a screen, she's cutting, she's moving, she's relocating. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, she is always on the move. So that's tough to guard. And speaking of tough to guard their press, listen, JC Sheldon said, and, and Taylor Mike sell too, uh, prior to last year, like, what is it about that press? And I remember Taylor Mikesell telling me, hey, listen, like, sometimes it's not even schematic. And -hmm. it makes it tougher to guard because you're flying around. So you're watching film and it's like, you're, as a coach, and you know this, you're looking for rules. Okay, when the ball goes here, this is what they do. Okay, 
Now they do it 10 different ways. <laughs> uh, you know, in the first half, we saw 10 different rotations in their press. So now what? So now you're working on how to how to break that press 10 different ways. Good luck with that. And and sometimes it's just we're just moving organically. Mm -hmm. Like we we don't have rules to it. Like we're just going and and staying on a string with one another. And it depends on where the ball is, what what we do. So I'm sorry, but that just makes it tough to guard. I mean, defensively, if you can do that and stay disciplined, like Ohio State was able to do, mm -hmm. 19 straight wins doing that uh, last year, number two in the country uh, doing that, I, I don't know. And they are, and then they add a new piece too. Oh, God. Yeah, I, you know, I might have to – Get on that bus with you with going to Columbus, Ohio. Ohio well, I State. think because just talking about it out loud, I'm like, oh, the, the buck. It's just a, this conference, yeah. like it is in football, uh, which I love. It, it's about physicality. This is this con this conference is about physicality. It is um, not necessarily just down in the post, just like all all over physicality in the press, in the defense. Everyone is is has to be uber physical. And I just think Ohio State has the dogs to be the most physical, to out-physical you. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure Mar if Maryland's listening to this, they're going to be like, wait, 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 wait. But in Indiana and Iowa as well. But I just think Ohio yeah. State has that, that just that size. I mean, you, you got Taylor Theory yeah. playing the two. <laughs> like, the, she's playing yeah. the two. She's running the wing, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I was stoked while I was putting together their depth chart and just thinking about all the things they're going to do mm -hmm. uh, defensively. Because I, I really think that this is the year, uh, Ohio State. I, I think they could be. Yeah, you know, I'll say I think they're gonna be. A, I think they'd be a Final Four team. Okay. I think they'd be a Final Four team. We're writing them down. We're writing notes down, baby. Usually, usually, uh, I have like you know, I pick like a few teams to be. It could be Final Four. Um, I put them up there. I just think that. I just think that's like. I think they have that in them this year. Um, formula. I see it. I I can see that forming. I can actually see it. And uh, you know. And how hungry JC is. Uh, you're just seeing yes. her, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Minneapolis at the uh, Big Ten Media Day. Like, she's ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's never not ready. But, you know, not being healthy is something that's out of your control. And she's so frustrated. Tried to come back um, towards the end of last year. But you could tell it was just, you know, it was difficult for her to get back in rhythm. Um, but hopefully, you know, she stays healthy throughout this year. Because I, I want to see all the pieces in place. I want to see a healthy Ohio State team. Yeah, and, and last year, I mean, the reason they didn't make it to the Final Four is because they played Virginia Tech, and that team happens to have one of the few point guards in the world that can break this press on her own consistently, Georgia Amor. There is like more. Mm -hmm. how, how many how many players can we name that could do that? I mean, Caitlin Clark. But outside of her, outside yeah. of Georgia Amor, outside of maybe Paige, like there's just not that many teams in the country that have – point guards who can break this press consistently on their own, which yeah. means you're in that situation that you were just talking about, about trying to prepare for all of these different types of presses and just the physicality and the pressure you're going to face playing this team. I think it's going to cause fits. I think that they're yeah. going to, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm pumped. Mm -hmm. I'm pumped for Ohio state, which is crazy because I'm, I, I don't like Ohio state because of football. <laughs> due to football reasons, due to football, football reasons, reason. I, have, I have to not like Ohio state. Uh, but I love this team. I love this team. That's funny. Do you do you yeah. want to uh, do you want to get anything else on Ohio State, or do you want to move on to another one of the favorites? Oh, uh, no, we can move on to another. Okay. 
Okay, so where do you want to go? I'll, this is I picked. You picked first. I picked second. You picked third. Oh, I have the third pick. Uh, with the third pick, we're going with the Indiana Hoosiers. Oof. Who, and who, who, who's Terry Moran's squad and what she has been able to do, uh, you know, and they, they haven't been healthy the last couple of seasons at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and last year, Grace Berger missed a chunk of time um, after being injured around the Thanksgiving holiday break a tournament. They went to out West on the West coast. Um, but I think this team with a healthy Mackenzie Holmes is going to make a world of difference because they're, you know, they're not a lot of effective and efficient post players throughout the country, right? Mm -hmm. That have the efficiency and the footwork that that she has inside the paint. And I don't care if she gets doubled. I mean, I think that's something that that she really did a great job with last year was reading out of double teams and, and kicking it opposite or making the proper read on, on when the dig downs were going to to come. Um, and she was able to to make her teammates better in those moments. Yeah. And, and she's, she's Mackenzie Holmes. It's like, uh, it's like Caitlin Carter. Just like, like she's Mackenzie Holmes. We know what she's going to do. We know she, what she's going to be as long as she's healthy. This yeah. team's in it. This team's yeah. in it because she's one of the best players in the country. Um, and, and a player of the year candidate and everything who actually, I haven't seen it. Who, who was picked a uh, player of the year in media day? Well, Caitlin Clark. Sorry, that's Clark bad. was, yeah. Nationally, though, Mackenzie Holmes was on the AP All American list oh, uh, with Clark as well. So, Absol absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be competition for uh, those yeah. those center spots this year. But I think yeah. Mackenzie Holmes has uh, has a great chance to be there. But you know, you look at the rest of the starting five; it's, it's pretty freaking good. <laughs> yeah, uh, you go Scalia, Garzone, Moore, McNeil, and Parrish, and all four of those players on the team last year. All four of those players, a ton of experience. Yeah. In part because Grace Berger got hurt, they had right. to live without Grace Berger, so they learned. They learned how to live without and play better. I think Sydney Parrish was had a breakout year last year as a three point shooter. I think Chloe Moore McNeil. I mean, just like some of the flashes from her, yeah. are very special. Um, I'm, I want to see her with the ball in her hands more. And then Garzone is just. I mean, she was super a diaper dandy. As, yeah. as they call them, a diaper dandy. And she's going to be, I think she should be a sophomore sensation yeah. as well. So, I mean, hey, look, they finished first the Big Ten last year. Uh, they made it to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, second round of ACC uh, NCAAs. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, hear, I'll ask you, do you think they're going to have a better year this year? If they stay healthy, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think um, – the way that they play defense and the discipline that they play with on the offensive end, like the proper shots are being taken. Uh, I just think that that has been really good for them. And I think for, for me, it's going to be all about, you know, them returning four starters and yeah. them staying healthy actually has to be at the top of the list. But when it comes down to it, I just think that they're hungry. I, I don't think they're satisfied with how last season ended after really just running the table basically and, and conference play and winning the regular season championship, which was so hard to do with seven teams, seven going to the NCAA tournament last year. Okay. And Indiana was at the top of the regular season before the tournament um, started for the big 10. So I just think with, with them, it's going to be tough to stop all of them at once. Like they're Chloe Moore McNeil is just, uh, she's an X factor for them for sure. Um, defensively as well. Um, she straps every single time. There's never a let up. There's never a miscue defensively. Like she takes so much pride in her defensive 
efforts mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you just love to have a kid like that on your team. Um, but with, um, with Mackenzie Holmes inside, I mean, she's going to practice. And I think you're talking about or McNeil to have the ball a little bit more. I want Mackenzie Holmes to get 15 to 20 times. <laughs> hey, and make reads. And that's not, uh, that's not shoot at 15, 20 times. That's like get those touches because the defense is going to move and you have so many threats. Your parish can knock in those threes on kickouts, spray it around. Everybody can get a look or attack closeouts, you know, with a hard dribble drive to the to the elbows. There's so many options. And it's going to be tough to defend that team if they're all healthy and they're all clicking on all cylinders. And Terry Morin has them doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, and I and and uh Mackenzie Holmes is a game breaker, like yeah. like Caitlin Clark is. Because uh, there's no one to guard Caitlin Clark, like Ohio State's press is, because there's not that many point guards that can break it. Mackenzie Holmes is that type of player because there's yeah. just not that many posts in the country that can stand up to her. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have saw that time and time again. Hey, you froze. Oh, I froze. You froze. We're frozen. Hey, are we back? You froze, but you're back. Frozen. We're back. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna sing a song, but I'm worried about copyright. I was too, but I can't sing, so I was gonna let you do it. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna sing a song. Uh, do you want to build a snowman? That's all, I'll just say it. All right. We can say it, not sing it. That's good. Because neither one I also, I just want to, I, I forgot to mention this when we were doing the other teams. I did want to say some of the big games early on in the season. We have Indiana yeah. going to Stanford on November 12th, so in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice game. We get Cameron Brink, Mackenzie Holmes. Hey, yeah. we found we found one of the posts who could, who could yes. make a good matchup. We Cameron found Brink. one. Uh, so we'll, we'll have... That's a huge. That's a huge matchup uh, for yeah. Ohio State. Um, I think this is their first game of the season. Is against uh, Southern Cal in Las Vegas for ah. the Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, you know, Juju Watkins in that game. So Southern Cal is on the rise. They're ranked this year. I think that's a that's going to be a good test for Ohio State. And then Iowa against Virginia Tech at home Ooh. Ooh. on ESPN two. Saucy on the night. I agree. I, I like that. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. Uh, and then I'll we'll just say Maryland's Maryland has, is going to South Carolina um, on the 12th as well. So the 12th is a big day. I think that's a Sunday. Yeah, it's also Sunday. Um, so huge games early on uh, for all of these teams are going to be tested early. We're going to see if uh, if I'm right and, and or wrong. Probably wrong. I'm probably wrong at some point. I some credence to it, Gabe. I like what you were saying yeah. about Ohio State. I say rational things, but I'm usually <laughs> wrong. Uh, where, where where are we? We are talking about – we could do anything else on Indiana before? No, just anxiously awaiting, you know, they get back on the court, and I'm sure they are as well. And I know they're super hungry, and they don't want any excuses. And it's the reality of it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to say, well, we're healthy. Well, you weren't. And that's the reality of it. It's not an excuse. It's like actually what happened. Right. Um, and you have to make do and um, and do time. get everybody back healthy and you roll with that, too. So we'll see what that looks like for them. I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Uh, so, Chrissy, what's the jersey behind you say? Oh, wait, let me go this way. Bam! <laughs> Merlin. Yeah. This is Merlin. 
See, I learned how to say it in a different way. See, Merlin. Merlin. M U R A L S. Shout, shouts to, shouts to Baltimore for coming up with new words. Maryland. The Terpins. No Merlin. Huh? Merlin? Merlin? Merlin. Okay. So the Merlin Terpins, uh, <laughs> 20, 28 and 7 last year, third in the conference, made it to the semifinals, two seed in the NCAA tournament, made it to the Elite Eight. I, hey, look, this team lost a lot. We can we can say that. They, they lost Abby Miller, yeah. lost Abby. Uh, I wrote Abby Miller in my notes. Oh, Abby yeah. <laughs> I saw her like every day or whatever. Uh, Abby Myers, uh, you know, they lost, they lost Elisa Pinzon, who was our point guard last year. They lost Gia Cook, who was a young player that um, they had recruited last year. They bring in Jakia Brown-Turner from NC State. Yes. I don't know if you saw this. She was named the captain. She was. She was named the captain. And, and that's that's, a, that's interesting. Cool. Um, for yeah. a transfer to be named the captain. And then that's part of the thing, though. Uh, are all the – is the starting five outside of sellers grads or – they're at least seniors. All They're at least seniors. Yes. Um, Faith Masonis being, you know, the, the mom of the group is what Brenda Freeze calls her. Uh, she just loves taking care of everybody. Um, you know, she comes from a, a huge family, I believe 11 uh, kids in her family. And I think she's towards the middle. I think she's six. I'm digging out all my little nuggets for the games, but um she but also yeah, had a great fit at Media Day. I just want before we move on from Faith, she had an amazing fit at Media Day. I just saw it when I was when oh, we were she talking about it. It was very good. What was the it? Pink, the pink, right? Yeah, pink jacket. Yeah, she was cute. That's my girl. Sorry. But yeah, no, for her to no, for her to come back, you know, as a leader of this group is is awesome. But we were talking about the sophomore sensations that are throughout the Big Ten conference last year. Sophomore mm -hmm. sensation was Cheyenne Sellers, who took a huge jump, especially on the defensive end, um, you know, and got her offense, you know, kind of matching what she was doing on the defensive side in terms of numbers. So this year, you know, what's junior shy going to do? And I think that's the, the question that, um, that Brenda Freeze has put to her, like, what's going to be different? And I think with her USA basketball experience that she had over the summer, Cheyenne Sellers, and, and also the fact that now, you know, she's a junior. And she said, I've been poured into for, for two years, right, with Diamond mm -hmm. Miller and, and all the players that, that she has played with. Now it's my turn to pour in to the next group, right? But in doing that, she doesn't realize this. And if you're listening to this, when you pour into others, you're actually also pouring into you, right? You're giving yourself the confidence and, and the trust and the integrity to stand on what you're pouring out, right? And I think for her, it's going to be huge uh, for her to stand in that, right? Genuinely mm -hmm. and, and to be um, truthful with, with who she is and, and what she is. And I'll never forget Diamond Miller at the end of the season last year. When they lost um, to South Carolina and the Elite Eight, I believe, down there. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, I was like, what has playing at Maryland meant for you? And she's like, I became Diamond Miller. I became a woman. And she was just like, she was so strong with what she was saying and how she said it. And I, I had um, the interview with Brenda Freeze after that. And I said, this is what Diamond said. And she kind of was like, oh. Like, you know, because that's what it's about. You're a dream merchant. Like I said, Don Staley is like, you you do more as a coach than what you think, mm -hmm. right? And Diamond's not going to go away remembering what zone offense they ran. Okay, Diamond's going to walk away from her understanding who she is as a young person in this world, 
period, right? Like yeah. how can she impact the next generation? And I think that's what we're gonna see from Cheyenne Sellers and and what she's going to become and what her words are going to be when she completes her career. Yeah. Like I'm Cheyenne Sellers. Like I became Cheyenne while yeah. I've been at Maryland. And this is another step towards that for her. And and I and I think uh, well I hope Diamond Miller does remember their zone offense. It was only a year ago. Like, <laughs> I mean, do you remember the zone? What do, do you remember? What uh, zone offense you ran in the? At no, no. no. Okay. But I do remember like all the camaraderie things. I remember my girls, man. You know all that stuff. I mean, I remember you know some of the some presses and stuff, but only because I named it the same thing when I was yeah. coaching. That's the only reason. You know it because you used it. I used it so. Yeah, other than that, but no. <laughs> yeah, and I think for Sellers, I mean, this is it's a great opportunity for her to have the ball in her hands. Um, yeah. She's gonna she's gonna have the ball in her hands. She's gonna be, you know, the distributor of this group. I think that's gonna be a really huge part of her role because, yeah, but I did check; they are all graduate students. The other four starters that I have four. Okay. Yeah, and I think you know all four are captains, so we can pretty safely say this is gonna be a starting lineup: uh, Lavender Briggs, Brian Alexander, Jakia Brown Turner, Faith Masonis. Yeah. That's I like it. Group. That's a good group. Um, that's a lot of players, though, who are going to rely on sellers to set the table for, mm-hmm. um, and for them. Sorry, set the table and and yeah. not only find your for yourself, which has been a, a bigger part of her game in the last few mm-hmm. years. And then last year, she did kind of turn into try to take more of a role in distributing and moving the ball around. Um, and I think she did great. It's going to be another thing where it's about scaling that up and becoming. Mm-hmm a great passer understanding this game um to to a larger level i i hope this team stays healthy as we say with everyone yeah, period. I, I think jakia brown turner is a player who has been there you talk about yeah. nc state that's one of the most successful programs in the past i mean we could say like 15 years but really like last in her time there they won three acc tournaments was she there yeah. for all three she may have been there for only two uh, she may have been for two yeah i think two. i think she was only there for two um she, so she knows how to succeed. She knows what it takes to win. And that's just another player you're throwing in here that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here, here's my question. I, so I want to mention Bree McDaniel because I think Bree McDaniel is going to have a huge role in this team. I think she's she really is. good. She's very good. But I got Uh-oh. six freshmen. I'm listening. Yeah. I got six freshmen on the roster. And I have I have like three of them being a part of this rotation Okay. At the, at the very least, Riley Nelson, who is the number eighteen player in the country, she's gonna she's gonna have to be a player for them this year. Yeah. And it's, uh, whew. Brenda, how do I say this? Not the coach who loves playing freshmen the most. Okay. I think we could say that safely. Yeah. I mean, she, depend, I'm I'm running in my head all the freshmen, but I, you know, she's played. Oh, she's played a lot. Yeah. Played a lot. Yeah. I think she was also on those situations, like, and, and this is a great situation for a freshman to come in and be able to yeah. come and back up these, these, you know, very experienced players and you have other players on your bench that are going to, um, for sure. But I just think, right, like some, one of these freshmen is going to st- have to step up yes, and be a player that at the end of the year, we're saying, wow, Maryland has, has this freshman that we are going crazy about. Like one of them is going to have to step up. Riley Nelson seems like a candidate. But I don't know. Do you, does that does that give you any pause with Maryland? No, I don't think so. I think you know. I I think they have that great balance, like you said, like with those four players who are fifth year. I think you can't quantify that. 
in terms of making reads. And that's part of what the game is about, right? You're going to have what you want to do both ways on offense and defense. Um, but I'm speaking specifically on the offensive end. Like you're going to have to make reads when to other teams are going to scout. You. They're going to take away your first three preferred options and your first three preferred actions. Okay. What are you going to do now? You're on your fourth or fifth action. Shot clock is ticking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Make a read. Okay. So I think experience really affords you the opportunity to make the proper reads and, and have the reactions that you need to where the ball is on the floor. So I think the experience of that is going to help Maryland a lot. But I also think even if those youngsters get on the floor, if those freshmen are on the floor, they're going to be around a lot of players with experience. So there's going to be a lot of communication going on in those moments, which is what I was talking about earlier. Like it's not just the coach teaching, it's the players also um, pouring into these younger kids. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch that dynamic unfold as the season progresses. And it's going to be tough out of the gates, and that's what Brenda Freeze has done, right? Non-conference schedule has always been brutally uh, honest, you know, yeah. in terms of hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to attack the best. We're not afraid of anything. Um, they're going to UConn after they go to South Carolina. So, I mean, they're 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 going to be battle tested when they step into conference play, and that goes for the players. Like they're going to get those minutes in those big games prior to conference play beginning, and they're just going to be surrounded by players who are going to make the proper reads and they're going to be able to trust that uh with integrity and as a coach i'm sure brenda freeze has a lot of trust in those yep. players as well making those right decisions for the team i, I think it's uh the other thing here and i mentioned there earlier like the physicality of that yeah. starting group it's a physical group you know I mean? sellers ain't afraid to hit you no um and and no one on no one there in that program is afraid to to you know <laughs> uh draw contact we'll say draw contact draw contact i yeah. like that <laughs> they they're not afraid to uh to hit you and, and get in your face about it. I just think it's gonna be for all four teams, yeah. smash mouth basketball. Smash yeah, mouth basketball. Or, it's not just about post-ups anymore. That's not just that's not what's it is it is Wait. about hitting you. <laughs> Sorry, <go ahead. laughs> I was finessed. I was talking about being cool. But hey, hey, I think it's it, there's a there's a physicality in the pressure, the defense. That, that's what the smash mouth part of it is. It's not. That's it's true. not necessarily just posting up. Um, I want to get. I want to get your rankings. We're gonna put you. I'm sure you. You had to do this, right? For I did. Yeah. So what? Were, what was your ranking of uh, the top four? I'm assuming you had all these four teams in the top four. I did. Okay. So what was your? How did you rank them? I had Iowa number okay. one, um, just because they won it last year, mm -hmm. right? So you have to. And I know they're different than last year, so. Sure. Don't send me comments about, well, they, they don't have Sonano. I know that. Okay, but I still think that they're disciplined enough to carry over uh, Lisa Bluter's philosophy. Mm -hmm. So, and plus they're preseason rate number one. So I wasn't alone in that notion. Okay, so uh, number two, I actually have Ohio State. All right. And then Indiana and then Maryland. Okay, wow. And the only reason... I have Indiana ahead of Maryland is um, post-play um, with Mackenzie Holmes in there. I thought that was the the little uh, 51 to 49, uh, you know, uh, in that decision. And, I mean, you're Ohio State, we already spoke about that. Um, just the defensive pressure they're going to be able to apply. And when you're talking about defense, too, you have to talk about Iowa and their variety of defense. So it's more based on the defensive stuff. Um, and I think for Indiana-Maryland – with those two, I think it's based on more offense. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, the offensive strength of, of Indiana, I think, makes it 51-49 and 3-4. So. No, I, I have, I have uh, pretty much the same. All I have is Ohio State first and Iowa second, and then cool. Indiana third, Maryland fourth. Okay. But I have them all in the same tier. Like I, like I mentioned, yeah. like I, you could tell me any. I mean, yeah. all these teams are about the about the same. And I just think, I think really for me, it was like the accomplishments of the best player. Because you, you go where your best player takes you. Mm. Um, not, I don't, you get, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, you go where your best player takes you. And when you look right. at Caitlin Clark, like that is, that is a player that can, outside of the Ohio State stuff that I mentioned because mm -hmm. I had all those reasons. Like Caitlin Clark, her accomplishments, her level of play, she can win you games single-handedly. I think Mackenzie Holmes can win you games single-handedly. Yeah. We haven't seen Cheyenne Sellers do it quite as, as consistently. I think Let's she can it. win you games single-handedly. Um, in a, in a different way though, not necessarily yes. just scoring like defense, steals, yeah. assists, all that. So, I mean, it was just like, Hey, we, I, I think Ohio state is very, very good. And I think the other two teams are, have, have showed me more in the past year. Right. And Mar Maryland is still an excellent team. Just want to see that come together without diamond Miller. Cause that, I think, yeah. do you, would you, who, who actually let's do this. Okay. Which one of these teams lost the most? Uh, that's a great question, and I'm I'm. It's a toss up for me between Iowa and Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they both had two starters instead of just one. Mm -hmm. um, Taylor Mike Salt for Ohio State, and then of course uh, we were talking about Grace Berger from Indiana. I mean, major names and <laughs> impactful players for those teams, but Diamond Miller and Abby Myers, right? Um, Diamond obviously um, with the WNBA's uh, Minnesota Lynx. And then Abby Myers being drafted in the first round to mm -hmm. uh, the Dallas Wings and then having um, a couple cups of coffee and yeah. some uh, contracts uh, signed here in D.C. with the Mystics. So I don't know. And we we're talking about Warnock and Sonano already with Iowa. Oh, who lost the most? Wow. Mm. I mean, offensively, let's let's just go with offense. Man, I think if you go offensively between those two teams, I'm going to say Maryland lost the yeah, most. So Maryland. No. I would say. Um, oh, that's tough though. It's probably I, very close. And I don't even know, like statistically off the top of my head, like points per game and percentages. And I know Sonano's yeah. percentage was astronomic. Um, boy, that's a great question. Right. That's a great question. But I, I, I would say, I would say with those two for Maryland and the percentage of what they scored for the team, I think that outweighs what Warnock and Sonano did combined for Iowa. Am I, am I? No, no, I agree. With that I think that, I mean, if you go like they scored, I don't know, 30% of their offense. And I think yeah. maybe Iowa was a little less. I don't know. I, I, so I think that's a, I, maybe, that's a great one though. Maybe, maybe the way I was thinking about it is because okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, okay. but I think my rationale is I believe I'm, I'm more confident in who Iowa is putting into those spots just because they've played major roles and, and can, yeah. and I think can, you know, replicate some mm -hmm. of what Sonano and Warnock did with Skolke and, and Martin and whoever, and whoever is coming in Molly Davis, yeah. but you can, you can, you can, you know, really kind of replicate what you were doing last year. So you don't yeah. need as much change for me, Maryland, 
so much of what they did was about Diamond Miller and Abby Myers, and not that their players are not good. It's just you have a lot more change. You have a lot more change. Yeah. So that's why I say they they I agree with you. I think Maryland lost more just because of how much they're gonna have to change their system, whereas Iowa, I don't think has to change quite as much. And and I think there's a case here for Indiana um as well, because mm-hmm. when you look at when Grace Berger was playing, I think yeah. they got they got experience without her, which makes me a little bit more confident in them. But when right. Grace Berger played, I mean she she's such a major part of this team. Yeah. And she did everything for them. And it's like yeah. you do have to adjust. But I think because they had that time to adjust last year, I think you know, the transition this year will just be a little bit smoother. Um, and then uh, Ohio State, yeah. I think uh hey, I love Taylor Mike, so I'm not saying she's not a good player, but no, it's killer. They they can uh they can really just continue doing what they did last year. Yeah. Um and and you know, put try to try to see what Celeste Taylor can do. In some different sets, I don't think she can run the same sets as Taylor Maxwell. Uh, Taylor Maxwell is a very specific skill set. Yeah, but Fine, I agree. think she, I yeah, yes, yes. All right. Shoot, shoot the ball. Let it's it very, go. it's very, it's very unique. Shoot the ball. Uh, but she, I, I think you know, just with Celeste Taylor coming in, they can kind of yeah. replicate exactly what they did last year. So I agree. I think, I think Maryland has to change the most, but it's Brenda Freeze and what we've been here for. This is going to be year twenty-two. I know. Um, how about the experience too? How about the experience of all these coaches? I mean, all all four of these coaches have ten years of experience. We can go down the line for the rest of the conference, and we're going to see a lot of coaches with yeah. a lot of experience. It's and then even great. the the new coaches that are coming in, yeah, are doing great. They're doing yes. great. So yeah. I I'm I'm uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped about these four. I yeah. think it's going to be huge, huge battles every time they play. And uh, hey, look, the rest of the conference is pretty good too. I mean. actually. Do, do you want to get into a sleeper? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to okay. go with, um, well, there's so many. <laughs> so like everybody's <laughs> a sleeper in the on Big Ten. But, I mean, we're talking about players returning to the to the team and the roster. And Amy Williams and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. God, they have everybody back there, too. <sighs> you have Alexis Markowski coming back. Floor stretcher, 6'3", could knock in the transition buckets from range. Um, you know, double-double machine when it comes to being a force in the paint as well. But then Jazz Shelley, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't sleep on her. And that's why people don't talk about her her enough and what Nebraska was able to do last year. And they had a, a great run in the middle of the conference um, segment of the season last mm-hmm. year. And, uh, you know, they stay healthy, too, obviously. But I just think that that's a team that no one's really talking about enough and, and yep. what they bring back. I, to, I, yeah. And, and, you, and as, as we mentioned, they're going to have great fan support. Yeah. You don't want to go to Nebraska. To oh, we already saw that with the volleyball, with the 92,000. You don't want to go there to play. Yeah. Three, three. I, I love Lincoln, Nebraska to go and visit because I love those people. Um, yeah. And any 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 group of people that is going to sit through Nebraska football and like absolutely love it for the past forty years, you have to respect their level of commitment to to this whole thing. Yeah, it's and they've go they the I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent. No, I just love talk them. to me. Talk to me. I love Cornhusker fans. I yeah. really do. Nebra- Nebraska, they show up to anything. Show up, man. Everything yeah, and, okay. and it's they they love it, and yeah. everyone has an opinion. Yeah, it's like you could be talking to anybody, and they'll have an opinion on the 
Hey, you want to talk football? Okay, we can talk football. You want to talk volleyball? We can talk volleyball. You want to talk softball? Right. Sure, sure. You want to talk baseball? Yeah, whatever. Uh, we right. play basketball too. Like we, basketball, men's, women's, whatever. We will talk about this, the corn huskers, no matter what. And I just, I love the basketball. Yeah. What? Wanted to give uh wanted to give a shout out. Uh, <laughs> I, I will go out there soon to watch. Hopefully, I can time it up and watch a football and basketball game. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, but yeah. Double dip. Did, yeah, yeah. I would love to double dip. I I'm I'm with you though. This team last year, um, Nebraska, they they were really good. I mean, good. You, you look at their offensive uh, rating, forty mm-hmm. fifth in the country. Defensive rating, fifty third in the country. Mm-hmm. I I mean. I'm, I don't have the math in front of me. I think there's a math formula for this, but I think they probably underperformed their stats in terms mm-hmm. of their win-loss record. And okay. I think a lot of that had to do with being in the Big Ten. Yes. Um, it's not it's not an easy conference to play in. Okay. And I think also, uh, yeah, and, and just inexperience. And as you mentioned, they bring everyone back. So now they have experience. Yeah. So I think it's totally logical for them to be, you know, maybe fifth in this uh, conference this year, maybe even threatening to be fourth if there's an injury or if there's yeah. you know shooting luck. I And they're going to make some noise, hopefully, in the conference tournament. I, I could see it all. So I, I love that pick yeah. of Nebraska. Um, sure. I, I think, sure, I think yeah. for my sleeper, my sleeper, I mean, I, I think the other team here that's a sleeper I, is Illinois. I, yep. Right? Yeah. What Shauna Green, Green did last year. Oh, my God. And, and like with swag too, yeah. like the swag and just like the energy All of the whole it. program change. It's like mm-hmm. she got that thing going. Yeah, uh, they added to their to their team this off season. Look, I think they're a team that again is right in the mix mm-hmm. with Nebraska. Um, I am not sure. I'm less sure of Illinois's Illinois's Illinois, Illinois. is the Illinois. <laughs> there you go. The fighting Illinois. Uh, uh, star power and experience yes. and, and all of those things. I just think they're probably a year behind Nebraska in terms of our awareness. Yes. Cause we've been, we've seen Nebraska even the year before last year, like not nah, Nebraska has got something going mm-hmm. last year. They were, we were like, Ooh, Nebraska's good. And then yeah. this year we're saying that they're a sleeper. We'll put an Illinois in that category, but I would say they're probably in, in where Nebraska was last year, but mm-hmm. they took such a huge leap in Shauna Green's first season. They did that. I wouldn't be surprised if they take another huge leap in her second season Agreed. to become a force in this conference. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, Shauna Green, I mean, she's just all everybody I, across the conference. I mean, they are a treat to be around as people, mm-hmm. period. And I was going to put that out there. Shauna Green, you know, just getting to know her last year. Uh, it's really been fun to watch her uh, give that program what it needed. And that was just uh, I don't know, rejuvenating mm-hmm. level of positive energy and organization. I mean, they really, I mean, they cracked the code last year. Um, they beat Ohio State when Ohio State was number two in the country. They were ranked up to number 14 in the country uh, at one point and, and really had some teams shaking in their boots, you know, as the season mm-hmm. progressed, like, Oh snap, because they started coming together. The chemistry started uh, evolving. Uh, and the philosophy that Shauna green had implored of the team was in place. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really impressive to watch how quickly that formed for her. And I agree. I mean, I know you only asked me for one sleeper team. That's why I said Nebraska, but if there's a second one for me, that's obviously going to be Illinois and, and what they're going to be able to, um, 
to do to build on last year. And that's what you want to do. You want to stack days. You want to get everything, you know, uh, going in the right direction. And that's exactly what she's doing. Oh, and does Michigan count as a sleeper? I don't think we can count Michigan as a sleeper. Um, I didn't oh, get to see Kim Barnes and Rico uh, talk. She's I, awesome. She's I the best. Her, yeah. She's the best. She's the best. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they're a sleeper. They just didn't fit into the category of favorites and they're not a sleeper. So, yeah. So I just what is that? What do we need? To, we need to name that category. What is that going to be? I, I think they're a good basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say others because of how much I don't like their work. <laughs> no, no. That's just for individuals. Okay. okay good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love all of you. No, because okay. I hate that for teams. Anyway, no. but we discussed that last time. But yeah, but but Michigan. Oh, we're staying on Illinois. No, no, no. We can go to Michigan. Oh, Michigan. We, we're, we're at an hour and nine minutes, so we should. Oh, uh, we're, yeah, it's it's yeah, we a stretch. Hey, no, um, Layla Filia. That's hey, it's her time. As much as it is, and she's a junior too. So we're talking about Cheyenne Sellers being a junior and and having an impactful role, even more so. I mean, they were they've been impactful since they've been freshmen. Okay, but now I think you're going to see a player like Layla Filia continue to evolve from Michigan and Kim Barnes and Rico uh, in that same manner, right? She did USA basketball over the summer as well. Um, she had an opportunity to expand her game. And I think in, in speaking with Kim Barnes and Rico and Layla at the media day um, in Minneapolis a couple of weeks ago, they were both saying how, uh, how much that stretched and evolved her game um, because she wasn't the player mm -hmm. that they were going through on the offensive end. Right. She became more of a facilitator yeah. defensively. She had different roles and responsibilities on the defensive side that stretched her game. So I think seeing her uh, in this leadership role, but also with the expansiveness of what she was able to do with her skill set over the summer with USA basketball. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be really excited to see what that looks like for Michigan and, and how they utilize that. Like they still need for her to be that score. Right. Yeah. But now I think she's going to have a multifaceted role for the team. And I think she is anticipating that. Kim burns is anticipating that. And, you know, you're a junior. And that's when I think the, the light really comes on for players. I know it did for me, yeah. you know. And there's a big jump between freshman and sophomore. And they always say, you know, the biggest jump is actually after your second year in college and going into your third. Because you understand your role. You understand what the team needs from you. And you work like a dog to get that done for the team. And, and you lead. Right. As a freshman, and a sophomore, you're kind of being led. But as a junior, senior, you're leading um, and you have to lead yourself first with integrity. And, and then I think that's going to show up for Cheyenne Sellers, too, but also for Layla Filia in her junior season. Well, I, I don't know why this just clicked for me. But when you said, she, oh, Layla Filia is a junior. I was like, wait, Nas made a big jump. Nas Hellman made a huge jump at, uh, in the same say system. That. Yes. Uh, different players, different players. I'm not trying to say the same players. Oh, no, no, no. Just, but, but this part of it. Right. And I, you look, you look at the stats from uh, Nas's second year to her third year, and it is a massive jump. I mean, she went from seventeen point four points per game to twenty three point nine points per game. Let's go! All of her, all of his, all of the percentages skyrocketed. Yeah, even even the free throw percentage skyrocketed. The rebounds, everything, and obviously that has to come, that comes with more touches. But that also came from that maturity that you're talking about. And that's exciting. I mean, I think when you look at the rest of this league and not the others, the rest of the people that are not in the top, in the favorites category, I mean, it's hard to get more excited about a player than Layla Fila in, in terms of that group. Right. Yeah. Uh, she is special. And uh, this could be the year where the rest of the country says, whoa, wait a minute. 
she is special. And yeah. so, you know, ha- has to be healthy, all that. But I like I like that. They do have to replace uh, Emily Kaiser and Leah right. Brown. And Maddie Nolan transferred, which I didn't know. Um, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's transferring. It's too hard to keep track of. It's a lot. But so totally. and that's that's three players that contributed that were part of this part of, big part of the culture, all that. Um, mm-hmm. They bring in Lauren Hansen. And they bring in Elisa Brett, who was a all yep. Mac uh, player at uh, Bowling Green, mm-hmm. and I have both of them starting at the moment. I'm not sure that's going to come to pass. Yeah, I have both of them starting at the moment, so some change there that could, uh, you know, hold back Michigan from from being a great team early. But as Felia gets better, yeah, throughout the season, I, I think they can make a lot of noise. So. We can't put Michigan in the sleeper category. Yeah, no. We can't put them in the favor category. They're in the Michigan Large. category. They're the Michigan mm-hmm. category. Michigan category. Right there. Okay. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan has its own tier. Uh, tier. Uh-huh. Right, right below the favorites for me. Um, and, yeah. And, and, I, I think I think it's gonna be a great year in the Big Ten for all of these teams. I'm just I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, same. So. I don't know if we want to, if we have time for this, because I feel like we're talking so long. Oh, we do have a long, yeah. Yeah. Do we want to go through all of the teams? We could say one thing about each team, right? Yeah, go. You can, like, what do we have, like, rapid fire? No, we have a lot of teams. Remember, there's this isn't the Big Ten anymore, Christy. Oh, no. What do we, how many did we go through? We just went through like seven or eight of them, right? Well, I'm talking about we did the sleepers, we did Michigan, and then the top four. So we did seven. Okay, so. There's, there's like what 17 yeah, how many teams are in this conference the big 10 not the big, 10 the big 10 not the big 10. 10 the atlantic coast conference which we'll get into next week the atlantic <laughs> coast conference with cal and stanford oh <laughs> another conversation a different conversation. i just you so i went like totally quiet like yeah all right we'll, we'll go rapid fire which is we'll a never for me, so. uh oh, oh go ahead man. go ahead so uh purdue Made a tournament last year for the first time since 2017. Lost yeah. in the first round. Great game, by the way. Was that the first that was, or was it a play-in? Game. Say it again. That was a play-in. Is that playing? Oh, game? the play-in game? I believe it was. I believe it was. Or am I tripping? I'm tripping. Uh, I believe it was. Are you looking it up? I'm going to look it up. But tell it's me something about... Quick, like on the keyboard. What? what tell, tell me a little bit about uh, something about Purdue. Uh, one thing about Purdue. Yeah, I mean, Katie Gerald's, right? And what she's yeah. been able to do, um, coming back to her alma mater, played in the WNBA, you know, and you'd love to see that dynamic. But I think, you know, just the energy that they play mm-hmm. the game with. Um, you know, I know they had probably more turnovers than they wanted uh, midway through the conference season when I had them a couple times. I know that was like something that was circled for them uh, to take better care of the basketball. But I think when they did take great care of the basketball, they had some really great wins. Didn't they also beat Ohio State? Didn't wasn't it? Yes. Right. I would look that one. So I did look up the, there was the playing game. With okay. Between, that's, between what I thought. Jones. that's what I thought. Good, good news for me and my callback on that. Um, <laughs> give myself a lot of credit sometimes. No, just for agreeing to something that I knew was right. Anyway. Um, but with Purdue, I just think that just the way that they play, they play the game hard. They play the game smart. Um, they fight. Uh, every opportunity they, they can get to get to the rack, they get to the rack. Uh, and they give opponents pressure in that way. So just the way that Katie Gerald's has this team going, much like uh, Shauna Green, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see the trajectory and you see the build and you see what what can be 
for this team and this program. So I think Purdue is going to be uh, another fun team to watch in the conference, but I think it's going to be their energy and their effort. Like you cannot measure that. Um, and Katie Gerald's like, you watch her coach and she just gives everything to those kids and, and you have to respect that. And, and as a player, you have to trust that, you know, if you see your coach giving everything like that, it's a given that you're going to do the same on the floor. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, sorry. I, I, I agree. No, I'm, but... trying, I'm, I'm, we're going to move on to Rutgers. Um, this is their, this is going to be their first season officially without coach Stringer, right? Or am I? No, no. no last year was, but she weeks. wasn't that. Yeah. Did, oh, did she read? Okay. Yes. She retired last year before last year, yeah. before last season. Okay. Yeah. I didn't remember if that was before. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. I thought she, I thought she was on leave last year. For whatever reason, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 tripping. It's okay. Whatever. No, First, but it was good to see her at the WNBA games, though. Yeah, it's great. Viv, and and Viv, uh, see Viv sightings. I love her. I love you, see Viv. If you're listening, and but, it's like, you know, this is such a difference. This is such a you know different world. You know, I mean, this yeah. is not what we haven't seen a Rutgers not coached by C. Viv and Strieger since 1995. I know. I Oh, we haven't had college basketball years. without this woman since 1972. Boy, Cheney, and then Iowa, Iowa, and then Rutgers. Rutgers. Wow, almost 50 years of coaching for her. So I think that's my thing with Rutgers is like, I just this is this ushers in a new a new world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Coquise Washington. I mean, she's no stranger to the Big Ten after coaching at Penn State for years, um, and then. Um, coming back to, to the conference. And then I know in speaking with her last year uh, and, and taking the job after C. Vivian Stringer, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of pressure, but she's built for it. I mean, she was part of the, um, she was president of the Players Association in the WNBA when she was playing the league. Uh, and I just think that uh, she's a lawyer also, uh, FYI. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So you guys are kind of experienced. Oh, um, yeah, you got to check her out, uh, talk to her a little bit. But uh, but Coquise, like she she loves the challenge. And last year, getting the job so late, and I know she talked about that too at the beginning of last year. She was talking about how, um, you know, we didn't have a chance to really go through the portal or, or get any players because everyone was already taken when they got the job. So they played last season, Gabe, with eight players. Eight. And then good luck staying healthy, number yeah. one. Like someone's going to tweak an ankle or something like that. Now you're down to seven. Someone's going to get in foul trouble. Oh, my God, you have five kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they have this, like, whirlwind of, um, you know, change, obviously, with the coach, um, Steve Vivian Stringer retiring, and then a new coach coming in and trying to implement a system with eight players uh, and then go through the Big Ten. Yeah. So there's a lot of things handed to Coquise Washington there, but I think uh, they'll be better for it this year. And understanding the fact that, you know, what Coquise Washington understands about the league, you know, about it being physical, about it being um, rugged. Uh, you know, I think that's going to take them a long way. But that's another team that, you know, average almost 20 turnovers a game. But I remember Coquise saying it's not going to be about, you know, the dead ball turnovers as much as the live ball one. So we just have to do our best. They didn't have a point guard last year. Then a lot of that um, miscue activity was because of that. So yeah. I think they're going to be, they're going to be better for it this year. And they have some pieces. I know they, they picked up a transfer from Carolina and she's going to be yeah. impactful for them as well. So yeah, Destiny Adams is a really good player. Yeah. 
Um, she ain't get a, she ain't get a ton of run at UNC, um, mainly due to the other players on the team. The other players on the team are really good too. Um, but yeah. I, I think Destiny Adams could be a, a player on this team. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was I'm looking at Coquise's resume. Yeah, phenomenal. Makes look, it makes me look real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so she played. She played at Notre Dame. She did. Uh, then she went to law school went at Notre Dame, which is one, one of the tops in the country. Uh, and then she played professional basketball for six years in yeah. the a, uh, the what's it, the ABA LB, ABL sorry ABL and, and, and the WNBA. Yeah. And, uh, and then she's been coaching at Notre Dame, Penn State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame again, and then Rutgers. So yeah, yeah uh, the resume is good. I hope they're gonna. Have, I think they're gonna have a better season than they did last year. But you know, just stability and building for them yeah. would be would be positive. Um, yeah. You know, I think it, that's that's where you're at when you have a second year head coach. Agree. Um, and and especially especially when you're trying to like reset. Um, yeah. So I think I think just getting better for them will be huge. And speaking of coaching changes, let's talk about Michigan State. Yeah, Robin. I mean, this is this is another another thing like uh, Rutgers had last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Susie Merchant was there forever. So, what what? Give me something about Michigan State. Oh man! Uh, and first, welcome to the Big Ten, Robin. I mean, she's the sweetest. I, mm-hmm. I just think that you know, she spoke about this at media day, and I think she was being so genuinely honest about the. Um, I'm gonna say struggle. I don't want to put that. Let's make it sound negative, yeah. but the challenge right of coming in to a program where you know Susie Merchant unfortunately um health wise couldn't continue uh to coach and I know um that has been an emotional hurdle for everyone mm-hmm. to to cross but at the same time you you're walking into this program where you know there's like a sense of familiarity because they have a lot of the same players mm-hmm. but the philosophy has changed so as a player, I know that's tough, you know, to come in and, and just what we were saying earlier about all those teams at the top returning so many players and, you know, they start on square 10 instead of square two. And now, even though you have some of the same personnel, you're basically starting at square one, right? that When you're trying to implement that. So I think that it, that's going to be interesting to see how Robin gets her philosophy um, transcribed, if you will, <laughs> on, on the court. And and what that looks like for them, but I think they'll be okay. I think they'll have um, they might have a learning curve at the beginning, but I think once conference play begins, I think they might be you know flirting with that sleeper Ooh. moniker, maybe the you know honorable mention sleeper team, you know. Smart. But you have to. I just want to see what they look like, you know, with her at the helm, you know, and and what she's going to do with those chess pieces. That's what I want to see. How she's going to play that. I I okay. I'm I'm hope I Michigan State just uh, as you mentioned, just introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's my my mm-hmm. hope for that. Might be pretty impressive. I don't know, maybe. Hey, you know more about this than I do. Uh, Minis- Minnesota, the Golden yeah. Gophers. Yeah. Uh, Don Plitza White, very proud that I could pronounce her last name. I had. Right. I had to. So when they came to Maryland last year, she was with West Virginia. Uh, yeah. and I was like, I'm going to learn this woman's name. And then right when I saw it, I, I, <laughs> when, I, when I was looking, I was, I was like, I'm, I'm going through all the teams and the rankings to make sure we don't miss anybody. Yeah. I saw her name. I like very briefly panicked. I was like, oh, my God, 
yeah. I know how to pronounce this woman's name. And so it took me a while. I don't know. If, uh, maybe there, maybe there's film of me like realizing it's Plitzowite. So Don Plitzowite coming over from okay. after one year at West Virginia, um, yeah. coming, coming to her home in Minnesota. Did she go there? I think she went there. Or, and, oh, or that's a good around. question. I'm sorry. I did not know that. She went, she to, went to Michigan Tech. She went to Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech. She's from Wisconsin. That's okay. what it is. And she coached at South Dakota. So I remember the South Dakota run that she went in the tournament. I had her at the tournament game a couple of years ago. So, I mean, South Dakota, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, same thing. Same thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All of you people I know. So am I. So I'm with Gabe. Wait, I'm with Gabe. We're, 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 we're joking. We know you guys are all different with your, with your little accents. Uh, give me, give me something on, on Minnesota year one of uh, Coach Plitzowitz's tenure. Yeah. Uh, Laura Braun, right? I mean, yeah. she was uh, on the all rookie team or all freshman team. I always say that because we're just out of WNBA season, but um, she was on the all freshman team in the Big Ten mm -hmm. last year. And I think she's due to make a huge jump. I mean, she had the basketball in her hand a ton of times uh, last year. Um, Lindsay Whalen, you know, was a good role model for her in that way. Uh, but Coach P, I mean, she's great. I'll say Plitzowite. What's a white? There's a broadcast, but it looks like the alphabet. I mean, no shade, but gosh, her name is tough when you look at it. There's but when you say it out loud, it's not. Um, but I think you know she's going to be impactful because I remember when she was coaching at South Dakota and uh, how she had them on the move on the defensive end, mm -hmm. right? And the pace that she wanted to play with with that team in the tournament, um, you know, was tough to cover. And I think that she's going to try to implement that style of play. So I'm going to see what that looks like, obviously with different personnel, but I want to see what, what she is going to try to, you know, infiltrate in terms of style uh, for that team. And I know she's going to have them be disciplined because that's what she was. I mean, I was in the huddles. I, I heard her, right. I saw her with the whiteboard. She was very good in terms of her communication skills and very clear with what was expected of the players and, um, and holding them accountable to that. So, and they, and they loved it. Right. And they all um, were on board with it. And that's that's half the battle right there. Having people buy in mm -hmm. to to what you want from them and, and staying accountable to that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they look like um, with who I know her to be. And, and you know, although it was brief, I still had a good a good snapshot of, of what her understanding uh, of the game was. Number number one, but understanding of the style that she wanted her team to play like. Uh, I think there's a high level of respect there for her. Tough the as nails. Yeah. That's 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 uh, she she plays tough. All right, Wisconsin. Give me one give me one sentence or one thought, single <laughs> thought on Wisconsin. Uh, better than last year. Good. Okay. <laughs> 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 Worry all the time. Oh, better than last year. I need a buzzer. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Williams. Okay. Uh, Penn State. We could go two things here. I got one. I know what you're going to do. No, I'm going the other way. Oh, Ta okay. Taylor Valaday from oh, Virginia. Okay. She's good, man. She's I didn't realize. I didn't know where she ended up. She's I've tough. forgotten about it because of the other thing we're about to talk about with Penn yeah. State. Yeah. But she's 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 a darn good basketball player. She yeah. can score. She could she could set the mm -hmm. table. I think she's going to make a big impact there uh, for Penn State. So yeah. yeah. Flat out Hooper. I think they have a lot of great pieces, right? Um, yeah. And another player who they picked up from Virginia Tech is Ashley Owusu. By way of Maryland. Okay. 
<laughs> Thanks, Gabe. Back in the conference. Come on, man. <laughs> he went back to the carpet store. Okay, that's a very niche joke. If anyone gets that, please let me know. Uh, yeah, Owusu. Uh, yeah, she's... Uh, you make a difference for them, man. I'm telling you. And yeah, just the understanding of the conference. I mean, I know she was at Virginia Tech. She had a good first part of the year before she broke her thumb or the mm -hmm. bone in her hand. And then uh, kind of fell out of the rotation with Kenny Brooks down there. And then obviously they made the final four run. She wasn't playing. She did not play. Um in that or any time pretty much during the towards the end of games, which, you know, and Hey, Kenny Brooks, that is your right as a coach to make those choices. Um, uh, but anyway, just her, her role for this team is going to be really interesting to see because with the basketball in her hands, I mean, she's a maestro when it comes to, to she's a maestro when it comes to recognition awareness and making proper plays for the team um and whether that's getting all the way down into the into the cup area the restricted area and finishing in transition or setting the table in the quarter court and and playing with poise and confidence but she also brings a strength uh you know physically stronger than a lot of guards so sometimes i remember when you know she was playing at maryland um you know she got posted up a lot you know, and she was in cross matches, even if it was her primary defender. I mean, it's a cross match because of position, right? And now you have the smaller guard on you, and she was just sit right down, boom, on the block, and then just go to work and, and get into the uh, chest of her uh, defenders and, and make them pay. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that, you know, yeah. for Penn State, and let her just do what she loves to do. But I think Penn State's going to be a better defensive team True. than they were last year, just overall. And we're talking about the offensive prowess of those two, you know, the kid from Virginia and um, of Awusu. But, you know, defensively, I think they're going to be more sound. I think uh, for Awusu, for Ashley, just like, I want happiness, peace, prosperity. Like, she's had, she's, she hasn't, she, she was not happy last year. No. Um, and that's just, that's heartbreaking, uh, especially for you know, a player that we got to know, yeah. uh, got to see up close, got to, mm -hmm. got to see how electric she was and happy on the court. Um, yeah. You know, to, last year was not easy. And yeah. so I think she's going to come out and hopefully peace, peace, happiness, maturity, all those things uh, yeah. will come from Penn State and being in a situation where, you know, hey, she's probably a top dog. She's probably going to be a yeah. top shooter on that team, going to have the ball in her hands a lot. So, yeah, I think I think it's a good spot for her. And I'm happy. I hope she is going to be happy there. Northwestern. Uh, yeah. I, one, one thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to there. They have more experience than last year. I'm sorry, Northwestern. <laughs> no, they were babies last year. They, they had were. puppies, and that's what Joe yeah. McEwen called them. He was like, we have a bunch of puppies. Like, you know, they want to run their Blizzard-style defense, and they just didn't have it. They didn't have it, you know, in terms of the understanding. Like, you can say, like, this is what we want to do. But it's more of a dusting defense. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, dusting. The schools aren't closed, uh, <laughs> you know. But they need that full blizzard to keep you out of school two, three days. They need that level of blizzard defense at Northwestern. And I think because they were so young last year, yeah. I think they're understanding a little bit more. They weren't healthy either, so they were young and injured for most of the year last year. Yeah. I think they only won two conference games, am I correct? Yeah. Yes. Two. Yes. And that's tough. That's tough. But for a young team, you know, that should make you hungry. I mean, and and to understand that you can make that big jump together. Hopefully someone turns into the next Veronica Burton. Yeah. That's what they need. They need you, some... you need a player like that to, to do what they do. So hopefully uh, they have them. someone there that can develop. That's it. All, That's it? Four, all 14 teams in the Big Ten, I hope. 
I don't, I didn't keep track of it. So if we missed your team, uh, it, it was, it was malicious and personal. We did it to be <laughs> mean. Game. Wait, game. It was I malicious did. on Gabe's part. Like, I did it to be mean. I don't game. like you. No, I'm kidding, guys. If we okay, missed yeah, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about all these teams uh, throughout the season. I mean, we we love uh, the Big 14, yeah. um, and I, I think it's going to be a, a, another amazing year. Maybe yeah. another banner year. Maybe even more teams in the NCAA tournament. So I'm yeah. just pumped. Glad we got this in in a in a brief one hour and thirty minutes. Boy, that's, I need to be more concise with my stuff. It's it, there's too much to talk about. I know it's a lot. We talked about 14 basketball teams today. Though. We did do the entire Big Ten conference. So I do be happy, folks. We did. Yeah, be happy. We're, we're we're hanging out with you. Yeah, we're chilling with you guys. Hey, and I know um, I I don't want to leave yeah. without saying one thing, and I, and I'll be very brief since we've been on here so long. However, um, the women's basketball world lost another pillar in um, Tasha Butts at Georgetown. Unfortunately, at at 41 years old, passed away. Uh, after a two-year battle with breast cancer. And, man, I tell you what, you know, my daughter plays at Georgetown. She's a junior. We're talking about junior year and all of this. Um, it, was, it was Tasha Butt's first year with the Hoyas. Got the job in April. And, you know, just five days ago now, I guess, uh, she passed away. So it's it's been tough. And, you know, especially for a Tennessee uh, women's basketball family and fans. So sending love to the Butts family. Um to Tennessee, mm -hmm. who obviously just lost Nikki McRae, who was yep. an assistant coach at Rutgers with Coquise Washington last year. Just saw her, talked to her and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, I saw Coach Butts. She was at the Mystics games this summer. So, man, life is fleeting. Um, and it, it's just really disheartening and, and um, really crushing to, to know that, you know, we lost those two within four or five months of one another uh, from the Tennessee family, uh, but also obviously from, from the world of women's basketball. So I um, just want to give our condolences to the Hoyas program um, and again to the Butts family and um, to everyone who was impacted by her, her light. Uh, it's, uh, it's just devastating and there's not much more to put it. No. Um, but you know, <laughs> Tasha, Tasha strong. Yeah, that's what, that's what we say. So, I, and I think that doesn't leave you. Um, and you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just tough. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, and my heart goes out to you know, all of her players in Georgia Tech, where she was, yeah. um, when she got that news, and everyone who's been has been with her, LSU as well, where she coached, Duquesne, you yeah. UCLA, everywhere is is touched. Um, yeah. was touched by her, and she le she leaves a big, um, imprint on on this game i think it's uh it's just devastating but it, it's not her legacy is going to live on absolutely absolutely and and through the game uh that mm -hmm. she loved um she just imparted so much wisdom in the short time uh here in dc so um sending prayers and uh prayers of comfort um to everyone mm -hmm. um, who was impacted by by her presence for sure and i i hate to send us out on a somber note, but it's like we said, it's, it's not an excuse. It's reality. And, um, you know, it's, it's what we have to deal with. It's a door we'll all walk through, uh, at some point. So, um, just, uh, sending, uh, immense prayers and all that, uh, all that love, um, mm -hmm. to everyone impacted, but, uh, we will be back.
uh, next week to bring you ACC, right, Gabe? Yes, we will. A lot, a lot of another another conference with a, a poor name now. But yes, we'll be, be we'll be talking wow. ACC next week. Yeah, uh, well, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. Uh, basketball season's right in front of us, and we can't wait to bring you all the action right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Christy Winter-Scott for Gabe Ibrahim. This has been Courtside with Christy and Gabe. We will see you next time.